Come on. Bless my friend today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. I'll give you five more seconds to just bump that up just a notch. Hallelujah. Can we praise the Lord for just, just a few more seconds today? technician here. We went all over the place looking for 9-volt batteries and forgot to look at the store. Um, so we're still tethered today, praise God. Tonight we will have a 9-volt battery, praise God. For just uh, the next, let's see, when's supper? Praise God. <clears throat> Whenever we're done. 420. We're not going to make that. <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to try. We're going to try. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. How many pages of notes did you have this morning? How many pages of notes did you have this morning? A few note cards, but no notes. Great. And that was an hour and a half. Well, I got eight pages of notes. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> All right, praise God. Um, Acts. New Testament. <clears throat> That's near the end of the book. <clears throat> Just where it's getting to the punchline. All right. Uh, we're going to start in uh, chapter 5. Chapter 5. What an honor. Uh, to speak before such a, a wonderful group of faithful, consistent, uh, God-fearing, God-loving, worshiping men of the Alaska Yukon District. Uh, I am in awe every time. Uh, I know that I look like I've got it all together. I, I know. Um, and... Uh, and uh, always showing up and bringing my keyboard and telling people I have to play it and all that kind of stuff. I know, um, but uh, I am strengthened. Sure. I, I know I look like I'm over there trying to strengthen everybody else, but I am strengthened being in your midst. Iron sharpens iron, and you sharpen me. And I'm thankful for each and every one of you because... I would not be the man that I am today without you. I need you in my life. And I hope that you need me. That was a baited answer, but that's fine. I'm, I'm going to go with whatever kind of friends I can get today. Praise God. Amen. Acts chapter 5. Uh, we'll look at uh, verse 34. And I now know what you mean by that light glaring on your iPad. Unacceptable. I'll just read with my left eye. <clears throat> Give me this. Give me my tether. Wait. You remember those days in Pentecost? I remember those days in Pentecost. Those goosenecks that came up. and All right, we're going to read the word. Praise God. I never know what's going to come out of my mouth, so I'm just as surprised as you are, and this is good. Acts chapter 5, verse 34, and uh, we kind of know the story, but we'll get into it a little bit. Verse 34, then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had a reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. Verse 35, and said unto them, ye men of Israel, 
counsel. Take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. Take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. Brother Glover, would you pray? Father, thank you for your blessings today. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word, God. We thank you for your service, God, your word. Pray, Lord Jesus, you would minister, Lord, today, God. In Jesus' name, God, use us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. You may be seated for just a short few lengthy hours. I'm going to talk about... Wisdom from a Pharisee. Wisdom from a Pharisee. Hmm. I want to take a little closer look at Gamaliel's wisdom and take something completely out of context because I have the mic and I can do that. Um, in order to put it right back into the context. <clears throat> you ever do that? I watched Brother Tony do that. He pulls something right out of Scripture. It's like, I know this isn't out of context, but I'm going to use it anyway. And so, uh, using his example today, uh, we're going to pull that completely out of context, and we're going to put it into context, because it makes sense. There's a little tiny phrase in verse 34 at the end that says, a little space. And any Bible scholar who has looked at any other version uh, of scripture and has understanding of this uh, when he says he put them forth a little space they know that that means that he put them out of the room right but I want to talk about not just the actions of that moment that little space where he put them out of the room but I want to talk about the overall wisdom of this Pharisee and talk about the little space that he gave the apostles by his advice to the council. A little space. He was a teacher of the law. He was highly esteemed by all the people. The King James says that he put them out for a little space, and we know what that really means. Um, but the wisdom of a little space. Gamaliel reminds the council of some uprisings in the past, and, and uh, we'll, we'll go through those just to kind of give you a little bit of a history lesson here on what's going on. Acts 5 and verse 36, uh, for before in those days rose up uh, Theudas, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, a few, few men, 400, that's a good sized church right there, praise God, it's a good start, that, that'll launch right there, um, joined themselves, uh, who, who was slain of all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. So this little uprising, uh, Theudas pretended to be something that he was not. He elevated himself in his own eyes, gathered people to himself for a cause of his own making something that he chose that he wanted to do and was able to convince others to influence others to get on board with his plan and what was it it was a small little tiny uprising so in history he had about 400 people that followed him uh, and and these he himself was slain and all those who followed after his counsel or after his influence were scattered. And it just came to naught. It was nothing. It just was absolutely nothing. Acts 5, 37. After this man uh, rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. Much people this time. Not 400, but much People. How many is much people? More than 400. Much people. <clears throat> I think he got tired of counting at this point. Much people were drawn away. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. Once again, we see a person with their own idea 
their own philosophy, their own concept of how things were supposed to be. And we understand that these men were living in uh, uh, harsh times with rulers over them that were not their own. Trying to come up with a solution, and we look at it logically and we think to ourselves, this is a good plan. We need to overtake those that have come against us, those that have put us under thumb, and we need to stand up as men and conquer this. And so when we see somebody that has a great idea, I can, I, it's easy to blame those that mindlessly follow a leader, but, but th there was some good in what they were trying to accomplish, even though it was misguided. But the advice that was given was, look at these. Here's an example of a small uprising. One man, 400 followers. Look what happened to this situation. Nothing. The leader was killed. Everybody was dispersed. Now let me give you a little bigger example. And now there's Judas of Galilee, and he's got much followers. Too many for me to even number. And the same thing occurred. The same thing occurred. Both were armed, and if you look through history, it was a, an armed uprising. Why would they go kill a peace, peaceful demonstration with a sign? Free us from Ro Roman uh, cruelty. Guy holding one little sign up there. He's probably not going to get uh, uh, shot through the heart with an arrow. As he's peacefully, I'm going to sit here and protest, and I'm not going to eat until we're free from the Romans. No, these were armed uprisings. And so uh, he was giving them an example of what was occurring, or what he thought was occurring uh, with the apostles. This is just another one of those situations where we've got somebody who is wanting to get out of this situation, and people are following, they're buying into what they are saying. And so they're going to all gather together, and they're going to have their little uprising. You watch. Just sit back and watch this play out. Give them a little space. Give them a little space. That's all they needed was a little space. Gamaliel gave the counsel of these two uprisings, trying to just convince them, give them some words of wisdom. This is what happened in the past. This is the history. Do you realize that there have been two previous attempts, if not more, to start a church in North Pole? Do you not think that in the back of my mind, the enemy does not tell me you're number three? You have been called to this area, sure. You're going to have people that buy into your cool promo items that you've got coming through Vistaprint. And you're going to have all of these people excited about this. But you will die and your people will be dispersed. You don't think that that's been planted in the back of my mind. This is not, I'm not the first person that, that that's ever happened to. The apostles, same thing, went through the exact same thing. Acts 5 and 38, and now I say unto you, this is Gamaliel speaking to the council, refrain from these men and let them alone for it is this counsel if this counsel or this work be of men it will come to naught it will come to naught acts uh in the new living translation he says this and this is where we get our title wisdom from a pharisee so my advice is Leave these men alone. Let them go. If they are planning and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, 
You will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I don't know, I don't know what the motivation for the wisdom was. I think that there was some fear of the people involved. But I, I don't think that every Pharisee was a, somebody who did not fear God. I don't believe that. I, I believe they were trained uh, in, in, in all of the religious things. And, 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 and there were Pharisees who, who, who believed. Um, they may not have believed in Jesus, but they were firm believers in a God Almighty who was in control of their fate. They didn't see it. When it was right before their eyes, but it didn't mean they didn't believe that it was coming. Messiah will come. And so the advice is, leave them alone. Let them go. If it's from God, you don't want to find yourself fighting against God. They had enough sense to know that you don't want to find yourself on that side of the fence. But the advice that was given is a simple little thing that I wanted to talk about for just a little while. You thought I was talking already, but I'm going to talk now. The advice was simply show grace. Show grace. Give each other a little space. A little space. I think that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time today. Vertical grace, we understand what grace is. It's the free and unmerited favor of God. Manifested in salvation or blessing or gifts from God. Horizontal grace means courteous goodwill. Courteous goodwill. I know that we are all individuals, and we all have our own way of doing things. And as men, we pride ourselves on the individuals that we are, and, and we are capable of, of doing anything that we put our mind to. You give me a good YouTube video, and I can do anything. Change the hubs out of my car. Give me a good YouTube video, and I can change the hubs out. Uh, uh, on my car. I can do a brake job. I can change the oil. I can do pretty much anything. I can even sharpen uh, uh, a chainsaw correctly if I watch the right YouTube video. But I get, I, it's not, I don't usually go and ask somebody else for advice, even though that's what I'm doing when I look at YouTube videos, right? A little bit of pride in there saying I don't want to go tell them I don't know how to sharpen a chainsaw. I'm going to look it up on YouTube in the privacy of my home and learn how to do this. But give us some time and in our individuality, we will find ways to accomplish anything that we want to accomplish. Man has always been able to do that. When they were building the Tower of Babel, what's going to stop them? I mean, they put their mind to it. And we can put our mind to some things and do things the way that we want to do them. And we can be very successful at doing those things. But we look at each of the individuals, the things that they are able to accomplish in themselves. And men have a way, I know because I am one. Men have a way of comparing themselves amongst themselves. And... I, I'm, I'm not, I grew up, I'm the son of a mechanic. I'm, I'm not a mechanic. I'm the son of a mechanic. So I think I can tear an engine apart and rebuild it and put it all back together again because I see my dad do that. I should be able to do that as well, and I try with YouTube. Um, but I'm not a mechanic. I'm not trained in that area. And, and I see him do things a certain way, and, and, and I'll question, why, why do you do it that way, Dad? Why, I, I saw a video that said you could do it this way, and it's faster, and it's easier. And, uh, but this is the proper way to do things. And, and so there's a difference in our approach to do things. And what I'm getting at is that we look at each other and through the lens of a man and say, they're not doing it like I'm doing it. They must be doing it wrong. And I can tell by the response that you've never thought that way. 
I can watch Brother Glover fillet a fish. I can look at Brother Patrick Miller fillet a fish and done. Take me nine hours to get through that one fish. And when I'm around people like that, I let them do it because they're good at it. No sense of wasting time on filleting fish when I got people that can do that. Don't own a boat if you got a friend with a boat, right? Amen. Praise God. That's wisdom. If you learn nothing else today, take that with you. Don't share it with others. But we, we, uh, we do things differently. But we also judge each other for the way that we do things differently. My way is correct. And, and if you don't do it my way, our job, or we feel our job, is to influence those around us. That's part of who we are as men. Influence means a lot to us. If I could get 400 people to follow me, wow, I can have an uprising. I can make a difference. If I could have much people follow me with my influence, I can really make a difference. But they have to do it my way, right? If it's my influence, it's my way. And so we look at each other, and we must be careful not to judge or set ourselves against what they're doing. And as we apply this to the kingdom of God, I look at churches that have, uh, like at the sanctuary, they have a fifth Friday fellowship, F cubed. <laughs> right? I don't know if that's how they promote that or not, but it's their fifth Friday fellowship. Kind of just flows off the tongue. And they have uh, a little potluck after service, and they invite all their friends and their family, and, and they have fellowship after um, we have uh, some of our ministers who um, like the look of themselves on YouTube videos, Brother Seagraves, and they, they go around Eagle River and they, they, they post videos of this is, this is a really cool place in my town and, and I'm experiencing this and I want you to experience this with me. And, and by the way, please come to our Holy Ghost Revival this Thursday, right? Praise God. Using YouTube videos. Uh, we've got Brother, uh, Brother Bradbury. And Crock-Pot Ministry. <clears throat> Crock-Pot Ministry. Let it simmer. Let it, just let that simmer for just a minute. Amen. Got to let that, you can cultivate that. Just, just let those juices just soak into that moose roast that you got going on there. Let that simmer. Crock-Pot ministry, but it's about bringing people into your home. And it's different than what I do. We've got an Instapot, so we don't have to let it simmer. We can, we can cook that same roast in 15 minutes. Praise God. I don't have to let it just simmer for a long period of time. Crock-Pot ministry. Well, on the end of this month, on the 28th, we're having our very first community event for North Light Community Church in North Pole. And we're doing an ice cream social. Jesus is going to be in the house at the ice cream social. There's nothing that can touch people's hearts and minds and lives like ice cream and crunched up thin mints on top. Don't you judge me. What I'm saying is that we all do things differently. We all have our own touch, our own flair, our own style. And as men, we can find ourselves in the judgment seat of those that are working around us, doing it differently than we are. What I'm telling you today is to be gracious. Be courteous. Be kind. Show grace to one another. This not only promotes unity in the body, but it saves us from being on the wrong side of God's divine plan for that person. God's divine plan for that ministry. God's divine plan for that area, for that church, for that pastor, for that lay pastor. It helps us to stay on the right side of what God is doing so be gracious be courteous and be kind show grace 
to one another. Vertical grace promotes horizontal grace, which promotes vertical grace, which promotes horizontal grace, which promotes vertical grace, which promotes horizontal grace. Did I say it enough? When we receive grace from an almighty God, and he looks at us with love in his eyes and compassion for our heart and for our soul and wants the best for us, does that not in turn make us want to spread that out to our brothers? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> As men, we have the ability to destroy people with our strength. Our strength. It's how we're built. Strength is a part of being a man. But we can destroy with our strength. We can persuade others with our mindset. We can impose our will on others. And if you don't believe that today, just pick up a history book. And see how many dictators around this globe have imposed their will on their country, on their people, making them die for a cause that they didn't even believe in. We have that ability within us, and it would be very easy to revert back to those uh, qualities of a man and use them in the incorrect way. That is not the way God designed us to be. He gave us those for a reason, but it was not for us to destroy people or persuade people uh, to do the wrong thing or to impose our will upon them. That's not what this walk is about. I don't want to build a church based on people uh, only following what I am demanding they do. I want them to fall in love with Jesus. I want them to grow and love God and love people and love their community and spread the love of Christ because they have experienced it for themselves. Not because I'm handing them something, some information or a card and saying, hand this to somebody because you need to do this before our revival services. I'm missing the point. I need to train that person to love God. And that in itself is enough motivation to get out there and be a witness, to be a witness and to share and not try to just impose our church or, or our doctrine on people, but let them see that there is a God that loves them and will show grace towards them. We need to show grace not just to our brothers, not just to our sisters, praise God, but we need to show grace to those in this world. We can hate the sin. But we need to love the sinner. We need to love the sinner. If they know nothing else from their interaction with us, when they, when they come to this ice cream social at the end of the month, if they know nothing else by the end of that, if they don't even know what kind of denomination or church we are, they need to know that we love them. We need to make a connection with them in such a way that they know that we care, that we, we want to show them the love of God. They need to see that. And it needs to be authentic. It needs to be authentic. We need to live it every day. Ephesians 4, 15. Ephesians 4, 15. And I have a voice today if I hadn't put soup down the wrong tube. Praise God. I, you think I got a preacher's voice because I preach all the time, but that's just not the case. Got a little bit of sausage <laughs> stuck in the windpipe there. <clears throat> Praise God. While you're looking for Ephesians 4.15, I thought I'd entertain you for a second. <clears throat> but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Truth is a powerful weapon. 
Truth is a powerful weapon. Truth in itself can destroy. Truth in itself can destroy. Speaking truth without love can and will destroy. You're a sinner. God hates sin. God hates what you're doing. And leave it at that. How well is that going to be taken? Hi, my name's Jeff. Welcome to our ice cream social. You're a sinner. <laughs> Headed for a devil's hell. What kind of flavor would you like on your ice cream? Gluttony is a sin. Oh, you want two scoops, fatty? <laughs> Speaking the truth without love, without love, <clears throat> will destroy. God has not called us to win the argument. God has called us to win the soul. Praise God. And men, we like to win the argument. We love to win that argument. We'll debate over something we don't even believe in. <laughs> so that we can win. It's all about winning. I want to achieve the win. I want more X's on the W side than the L side. And I'm going to go to the championship of arguments. No. God did not call us to win the argument. He called us to win the soul. This can only be accomplished when we show love and grace towards each other now this seems awfully passive brother Bartley awfully passive just gonna love people love them love them love them show them grace oh that's okay dear that's okay sweetie that's all right you're going to hell but it's okay that's fine awfully passive we as men like songs like his truth is marching on, trampling over everything in its path, mm, steamrolling our way to heaven. It's in our nature. It's in our nature. We like victory. We like triumph over the enemies, those who oppose us, who don't do things just like we do. We love the armor of God, especially sword of the spirit <laughs> which is the word of god we enjoy engaging with the sword and don't realize that we can cause harm by carelessly attacking the sinner rather than the sin or carelessly attacking our brother with the sword well iron sharpens iron you need to hear this hmm. well we're cutting to the heart and we're causing pain, and we're causing uh, discomfort in their lives, and we're, we're causing division, we're dividing with the word. Hmm. We jump on social media to defend or attack when we should jump to our knees in prayer. Our strength as men is most uh, prominently shown when we show restraint. Mordecai, sit there. But a whole nation is at stake. People are going to die if you don't move. What saved them? Restraint. Restraint. Do you think he was strong enough of a person? To stand up, get in his face. I'm not going to bow to you. Tell you about the God that I serve and he's behind me. He's got my back. And you don't need to mess with me because my God's bigger than your God. And he's going to beat up your God. Like you're on some kind of school playground. My dad's bigger than your dad. Well, he is. 
But that's not showing love and grace. We show our strength when we show restraint. When we have every right to lash out and, and straighten somebody's false doctrine out. Straighten them out right now. I need to fix this because they don't believe it like I do. You're probably not going to fix them by slicing them with the word. You're probably going to fix them by showing them love and having grace towards them, being gracious towards them. What attracts the fly? Honey. Honey. It also attracts the bear, by the way, so be careful with that. John 1, 14. God's grace is shown in his ability to love us and favor us, even though we do not deserve it. As sinners, we deserve death. But because he has given us a space for grace. That's in the Old Testament somewhere, isn't it? I knew that. I was testing you. <clears throat> Space for grace. We can find in him new life. John 1, 14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory of, uh, or as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 17 says this, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and truth uh, make a powerful team. If you are complete in Him, your life has experienced grace and truth. If you are uh, to be His disciple, your life needs to exude grace and truth be gracious to one another show them don't just talk about show them the grace that was given to you give it to those around you we stand firm in truth don't get me wrong there's going to be some things and it's already been questioned there's things that have already come up well how, how are you doing? How are you doing this? How, are you already holding services? Come on now. I've asked myself that. Why am I not holding services? I'm sticking to a plan. That my elders, those that have instructed us, have, have taught us this is what we're going to do. And it's been proven to work. So stick with the plan. And my wife's constantly pulling me back because I'm wanting to, okay, we need to have more than just one event a month. We need, okay, I've got the whole, uh, or I've got the conference room for uh, all day. Why not do like three ice cream socials? We can advertise three different times and have more people come. She's like, stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. This is the plan that we have before us. We need to stick to the plan. Do, do, what, do what God has called you to do in this area and do it the way that God has said to do it and don't allow those around you that don't maybe understand the process, don't let that discourage you from doing what God has called you to do. And what I'm asking for you to do is show grace. And what I will do for you is show grace when you do things differently than I do. Because we don't want to be on the wrong side of God's divine plan for a church, for an area, for a pastor, for a minister, for a Bible study. We don't want to find ourselves on the wrong side of God's divine plan. Hmm. Interesting. Where was I? Because that was nowhere. I went on your notes there for a second. <clears throat> we stand firm on truth. That's where I was at. Never waver from truth never waver from truth our resolve for truth must be matched by our resolve to show grace those two in scripture are uh, what are found in Jesus Christ 
if we are adamant about truth, we must be adamant about grace. About grace. And this is not just a, a fluff message of, uh, of grace and grace covers all and, and all the, that's all I'm talking about. Uh, we need to be adamant about truth and also adamant about grace. Grace and truth must work together. They must work together. They must be an aspect of our lives. I love how grace is pronounced over the churches in each letter. So incredible. The same person who stood and watched while Stephen was stoned was transformed by truth and grace. Paul realized that grace was not just an aspect of his relationship with God, but was also vital to his relationship to those around him and to those churches. Hmm. Romans 1.7 to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1 and 3, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1 and 2, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1 3, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 and 2, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1 2, to the saints, the faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Um, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. First, Thess uh, Thessalonians, the sauce has gotten away. 1-1, um, Paul, Savannah, and Timotheus, unto the church of uh, Thess Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace. Did Paul teach truth in any of those? I love how it begins with grace. He teaches truth, and he ends his book with grace be unto you. Grace be unto you. Hmm. Incredible. To be able to bring both of those very, very, very powerful aspects of who Jesus is into our message, into our life, into what we're presenting in our communities and those around us, and towards our brothers and towards our sisters, truth and grace. I'm going to begin with grace. I'm going to add truth, and I'm going to end with more grace. I'm going to just, it's going to be a grace-truth sandwich. I want that to be my life. I want, when, when, when I am in contact with somebody, I want them to see and feel the grace of God uh, coming through my life. And that gives me the opportunity to present truth. And then finish that up with some more grace. Just for good measure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it off with more grace because I'm just going to love you. I'm just going to love you. You're, you're, you're going to be somebody that I may not personally care for. You may do things that I don't like to do. You've got different interests than me. Well, you're a piano player. Well, you're a hunter. You're a fisherman. I like slimy fish. No. This is about showing grace, truth, and a little more grace in our relationships with one another and showing no matter what our differences are the same thing that we all should have if we are disciples of Christ is grace and truth grace and truth Gamaliel's advice was uh, to give the apostles a little space completely taking that out of context but you see what he did. He gave them a little space. We stand here today because what the apostles preached and what they were given space to do was exactly 
what that Pharisee, in his wisdom, said was going to happen. He didn't say this is going to die off. What he said was that if this is from God, you don't want to mess with that. Because that's going to stand, and that's going to keep going. And the reason we are here today at Men's Retreat in Alaska, Yukon District, is because that was truth, and that was grace, and that did move forward. Praise God. It was not killed. It was not snuffed out. But it continued on to this day. Praise God. And if this world is going to continue any longer, it will continue on because it is of God. Praise God. And if you want to find yourself on the side of God, be full of grace and truth. Be full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. Let's stand. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. I think this would be a great opportunity. <clears throat> I don't know if we, everybody knows one another or not, uh, but that doesn't matter uh, because we're brothers in Christ. And, and, and I believe now would be a good time to go and pray with one another and show grace and truth. Let that be an action today. And, and as, we, as we continue throughout our, our, our meals and, and more services, let that be the continued action of our relationship with one another. Hallelujah. But right now, right now, let's find somebody to pray with. Somebody you don't know, if you know a little bit or know a lot, doesn't matter. Just find somebody you don't really know and, and pray with them because we're going to bind together today. Praise God. With grace and truth. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
grace, grace, God's grace, grace that can pardon and cleanse within, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin, grace. One more time. Great. 